Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas and a happy New Year. Good job. I'm going to go pee. Okay. Hey there, and welcome back to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I'm Doug. And I'm Jamie. And welcome to our show. You're always trying to be so official. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so pumped because if you've noticed, we have a trend going where Doug and Bonnie, my in-laws, help us recap Married at First Sight for the first half of the podcast. And then the second half, we have someone come on who is in some sort of way has inspired me as far as like becoming more body positive. As you know, or maybe you don't know, I'm currently creating a course called Become Body Positive. And if you are someone who struggles with feeling confident about your body and, you know, what you're going through, girl, I get you. Like I have always been relatively small, you know, according to societal standards, I have never really been quote unquote fat. And I definitely had like fat phobic issues with myself when I was younger because I would just be so scared to gain a pound. I didn't want any cellulite. I would literally do terrible things. Like as far as if I ate like three donuts, then I would either try to make myself throw up the donuts. If I wasn't able to throw up the donuts, I would tell myself I have to run off all the calories that I just ate. It was a horrific cycle that I had when I I was younger and turns out I didn't even realize that that's considered like an eating disorder. I, I mean, of course I know what an eating disorder is, but because I thought I didn't do it 24 seven, I never really had an issue. And then, you know, you can always find a silver lining out of anything bad that happens in life. And I feel like when I gained custody of my siblings, I had no choice but to turn the attention off of myself and turn it onto my siblings. And it really did help me not think about the food that was in my body or how many calories I could burn. I mean, I didn't have time to think about any of that. <laughs> and so the silver lining, there are many silver linings with my mom, you know, not being able to take care of my siblings and myself. And so I was kind of put in charge of that. And that's one of the biggest silver linings. Also like the great relationship that we have, my siblings and I. But what I'm trying to do now is to just help so many other women feel body positive. I never struggled with my body image pretty much like since um, like since I had my siblings because I was just so immersed into that and I was so stressed that I was so skinny. So I felt really good about the way I looked, regardless whether I was healthy or not, didn't matter. Like I was really skinny. I was smaller than I even was in high school. And so I was really happy with the way I was. And then I had my daughter and I would have thought I was fat, you know, I did think I was fat, but I kind of also, I was super duper busy. So I didn't have a chance to think about it. I was filming a TV show where production was in my house. And so I was also working as a nurse, going to the hospital, working 12 hour shifts. I was so busy that I wasn't really able to overthink. And I feel like with the pandemic and us being quarantined and at home, I mean, let me know if you feel the same way, but like, I feel like it just, you inevitably have no choice but to look at yourself. Like if you're on Zoom calls for meetings, then you're looking at your face like, all the time because it's there. Or if you're at your house and you are sitting around, you know, you have so many more opportunities to think about what you're eating, look at yourself in the mirror, uh, think about the fact that you're not, you're not even walking out to your car anymore because you're quarantined in your house to work from home. So you're not like burning as many calories. And I feel like it's really, really taken a toll on our self-love, on our body image. And so for me, you know, at the height of the pandemic, I had my son Hendrix and I had gained so much weight with the pregnancy. I knew that I gained weight. And I knew also that the minute I had that baby, 
people are going to expect me to lose the baby weight. And some people might be gentle and say, well, it takes nine months to gain it. It'll take nine months to lose it. Here I am almost nine months postpartum. And I'm pretty sure I weigh five pounds more than I did after I gave birth to my son. Yeah, which is just listening and having the conversations with other people and just going through the whole body positivity it is something that is like immediately brought up after you have a miracle basically with having a kid how weight is all of a sudden put back into it whether you still have baby weight or that word baby weight even comes into the conversation as soon as you have a kid and then if you get skinny it's like oh people start telling you how good you look but what was going on before that and it's just it's weird to have that whole weight conversation like you wouldn't ever tell someone that is pregnant that she's gained weight. You just wouldn't say that. But then once you have a baby, it's like, okay, that person hasn't gotten their baby weight off or that person really, really looks good and got rid of the baby weight. It's never just acceptance. Yeah, absolutely. So there's just an awful lot of things that need to be changed and shifted. And I'm just the kind of girl that I'm like, if I'm struggling with something, I'm pretty open about it. And I like started struggling with my body image, but I wanted to be the first person to kind of like let it be known that no, I have not lost the baby weight. Yes, I'm fully aware I gained tons of weight while I was pregnant, but also I'm going to continue to live my life. Like I'm going to put the suit on and spend some time with my kids in the pool if that's what they want. I mean, I had my son in May and so the summer was just right around the corner. I had zero time to lose the baby weight. I literally thought to myself, I can either embrace this change that happened with my body and like really just be thankful that my body carried my baby to term. I mean, I struggled for a year and a half trying to get pregnant. I lost two pregnancies before him. I lost his big brother at 17 weeks, you know, is when we delivered him. I knew more probably than most that like I should just be thankful for this body that carried life. And yet I looked down with all the rolls in the cellulite and I had a sense of like, I need to hurry up and lose this weight. I can't be seen like this. People are going to make jokes about me. And I just had all this pressure because I'm also fully aware that we are in the spotlight, that you know we live a very public life and we are filming Married at First Sight Couples Cam. So I was like, you know what? Before someone else can like fat shame me or make me feel like I'm not good enough, I'm just going to go out and say, listen, I know that I gained weight. I know that I haven't lost it, but I am not going to you know stay behind the camera and only be like, never take pictures with my children or never go to the beach with a bathing suit on or the, the pool when it's literally the summer and it's so hot. And I had no idea the impact that that was going to have on all my girlfriends, like people who are following me on Instagram. I mean, so many women could relate and they sent me like, I mean, my inbox was flooded with messages of like, I'm beautiful and don't even worry what people think. And also like, oh my gosh, you're inspiring me. I've spent my whole life like hiding behind the camera and now I want want to step out. And so I was like, dang, we got to do something to really, really help love and support each other. Like it's not enough for me to just post on Instagram. Like I want to learn to love my body exactly as it is. I don't want to be fat phobic. I want to know how to eat intuitively and not eat just to lose weight or not eat something that's so, so bad for me. And then like feel like I have to throw up or, you know, any of the thing. And I, and I also 
I want to run the gamut. Like I want to talk to everybody and hear what they have to say about all sorts of different things. So long story short, I've made this course. It's called Become Body Positive. You can follow it on Instagram. It's at Become Body Positive, but also it's on my website is where you can go. I'm going to be launching it, but it's going to be a closed course. It's going to be a private group because I really don't want it to become like a fan club. As much as I love all my girlfriends, I really do love you guys, but I want this to be a safe space for everybody who's struggling with their body image, whether it's you think that you're too hairy or maybe you have hair loss, maybe you think you're fat. Maybe you think you're too skinny. It is a hundred percent an inclusive course for everyone. And you cannot be too old or too young to join this course. I do know that the majority of women who struggle are women who have had babies or who are trying to conceive. And I did do a founding members group where I launched it at a significantly discounted rate in order to be able to get kind of feedback prior to actually launching the full course. And what I've noticed is that a lot of the women are either postpartum whether it be like six months or like 60 years. I mean, some of the women are a little older and their kids have already grown. So there's like that kind of demographic, but there's also the demographic of, you know, never had kids, but struggled with body image their whole life. But I want you to know if you're sitting here listening and you're like, man, I really need to find my people. Like I need to find a support group that's really going to support me and love me regardless And, you know, my issue isn't necessarily weight gain, but it's actually that I have very thin hair or I have acne or, you know, it could be literally anything. I want you to know that Become Body Positive is a place for you. It is a safe spot for you. I want to help you. This is not meant to be a weight loss journey. It's not meant to be a six weeks and you're going to change whatever flaw you have. It's literally not at all that. So if that's what you're hoping for, then this is not right for you. But if you are someone who is hoping to be able to just finally love and accept yourself as you are, regardless of whatever quote unquote flaw you have that society tells you that you have, this is the course for you. I invite you to join me on Become Body Positive. I'm going to be sharing with you five simple, easy, free tips to help you just love yourself and gain confidence just as you are. It's going to be a live webinar where you get to join me. And yeah, I will be sharing the link to that site in the show notes. But I would absolutely love to have you join me on this webinar where I share with you just the different tips and tricks on how to love yourself as is. And, you know, it's absolutely free. You do not have to pay for it. But I want to be your cheerleader. I'm fortunate to have you guys as my cheerleader. So with all that being said, I'm going to bring on Doug and Bonnie. But first... We love giving our five-star reviewers a shout out. And this week comes from Jerry Simpson, who writes, Jamie and Doug, I'm totally new to Married at First Sight. I can't believe I didn't know about you two. Now I am so happy to find your podcast. I've just finished the first episode and I'm rolling with laughter. Add me to the list of people who've had runaway poop. Can't wait to listen to the next episode. Oh my gosh, Jerry, I forgot about our first episode. I hope that you don't judge us too hardly in the beginning because we, this was something that was a passion project and we were just really excited to start a podcast. Yeah. We didn't exactly know what we were doing, but we were like both feet in head first and so glad we did. We've been learning as we go. And of course, there are always going to be technical issues and just hiccups along the way. Which but, we highlight yeah, because which, we love to. <laughs> yeah. And we also have the best, best, best listeners because you guys are just like, oh, it's just real life. Like I... I'm just so over trying for perfectionism in, in all areas of life. Like nothing's ever going to be perfect. So we just roll with it and shared the imperfections. And you guys, we have the best 
listeners and, and followers because you guys are just like, oh, I like it. I like hearing your kids scream in the background. Yeah. I'm like, thank you, because that is inevitably going to happen. Right. Well, now they're going to get a chance to hear my parents talk about Married at First Sight. We're always going to recap Married at First Sight with my parents because every time we speak to them, it's always like, oh, I wish we recorded that conversation. So now they have a platform to just speak their minds. And I think it's time that we call them. Let's do it. Okay. Bonnie, how did you like last night's episode? Well, let me start by saying, you know, my opinion hasn't changed about Lulu. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who are new listening to Doug and Bonnie's recap of Married at First Sight. <laughs> my bo- parents. Yeah, my in-laws. Uh, Doug and Bonnie, well, Bonnie in particular, calls Paige and Chris Lulu and Lala. She calls, well, B- Bonnie, you explain. Why are they Lulu and Lala? Okay, Lala, you know, I actually think she's a, a nice person, you know, from how she's portrayed, but... She always seems to me like she's high on life. Everything is fine. La, 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 la. And then you get the loser. Lulu loser. I felt so bad for her on the other night that he had said, you know, that he really wasn't attracted to her. And, uh, you know, after she... Had sex. Yeah, after she consummated. Twice. You know, then I lost a little... Not, I didn't lose respect, I won't say that, but it just like made me question, why the hell would you go and tell his mom and dad that you had sex? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, Come on. I like that she felt comfortable enough to say that. Honestly, um, I... This is what uh, my tech, yeah, I'm with Doug. Like, I feel like who else is she going to talk to? Like, she needs someone, like, to try to figure this out because I think she's probably just so confused. Like, she had a terrible morning. Yeah, she had a terrible morning where, like, last night he's having sex with her, making her feel beautiful and loved and wanted. And then, same thing again this morning. And then, like, comes back and says he has a panic attack and that he's not attracted to her. Like, I would. No, I realize that. But they weren't even married 24 hours, I yeah. think. <laughs> She's talking about sex in front of the father, who had, at the uh, wedding, had said, now you know, my son has to uh, have sex after a hard day of work. You know, I, I, I just don't. Uh, yeah. I, to me, it's just too personal, too quick. What struck me as... You know, as what's... I would have run. I would have run to Pastor Cal, and everybody had said, annul me. real quick you know Bonnie that would have a hundred percent been me if that was your son (laughs) oh absolutely and I would never ever have expected you to say yeah so we consummated but uh I really didn't like how we performed you know come on (laughs) well no I don't think she was saying that I think she was saying I I realize that I realize that but (laughs) I'm just saying for you to have come to us the next right. morning for breakfast and said, oh, hi, by the way, we had sex and he really did perform. I, I would have like said, what the hell's the matter with you, girl? I know. I think that it was, uh, she probably felt really comfortable talking about the way that his father spoke at the wedding and the way that they were acting. But what really struck me as strange was how much they talked about sex. Both he, the dad, uh, how looks and everything is so important. And then sex is brought up and he like gets weirded out by it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, you know, my total opinion of him is I would have run for the hills. 
I would have said they made such a mistake. Because, I mean, she had one flag after another from the time that she was married and the questions that he was asking, you know, then to all of this. You know, I just cannot see. Didn't he tell her girlfriend that she's not a tro- girl? Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't a trophy wife. Right. You know, he said that from the very right, beginning. Right, right. Yeah. That's um, ridiculous. So how about, so go. so moving on to the... Yeah, uh, the say, you know how I feel about La La Lulu. Right. So my thumb is going a little bit in the upward direction for the pilot, for Eric and Virginia, only because I think he's really trying to you know, kind of sort of come to her level. Yep. And, you know, he's kind of really playing the game like, okay, you know, I'll be crazy for a little while. That'll and, get old fast. Yeah, that'll get old fast. I yeah. think he's kind of, you know, trying to come down to her level of fun. Yeah. You know, I really truly think he's past that, but, you know, he seems to understand that this is the way, you know, she's only 26. She's been single for a really long time. And, uh, you know, he's been, well, he, he really didn't go into his marriage as far as it was any kind of love thing. Right. Well, I think what will save them is the fact that he is a pilot and she has days on her own. You know, she'll have her own time, which kind of worked out for Jamie and I because she was working overnights and going out during the day where, you know, we were married, we were new, we were strangers, but we had our personal space for, especially in the beginning where... It wasn't like, oh, I need alone time. It was like there was just a natural alone time. Yeah, so that yeah, exactly. that does help. Exactly. But what did you think I, about the brunch with her mom, with his mom? I'm sorry. So, you know, for, she, wants a kid, she wants a family. Please say you want a family. Oh, in her face yeah. when Virginia said she's 50-50 on having kids, the mom's face. Oh, I thought she wanted to cry right then and then say, what did my son get himself into? Yeah. <laughs> but I think things will sway. Like I say, I kind of liked him a little bit better. I thought he was such a weirdo in the beginning. You know, the laughing all the time. I'm sure that was nervous, but I don't know. That was, He was just too weird in the beginning. But he's, I think he's coming down now to, you know, try to see what she's really like and, you know. I think maybe next week when they get on to their honeymoon and, you know, I think we'll see a little bit more of how he's going to come to her level. Yeah. She already brought a bottle of champagne into their room. So. I was going to say, especially once he starts drinking. <laughs> but, um, exactly. So moving the on to I the get- next energetic person, uh, Jacob and, and Haley. Mr. Personality Plus. <laughs> That's what he is. Personality Plus. But, you know, I I don't see, my thumb is kind of sort of straight going down because, I mean, he's got, if you listen to some of the comebacks that he has, he's kind of like got a really dry sense of humor. Yeah. And, you know, maybe she's not understanding that type of humor. It's a lot like your father's, Doug. But, uh, <laughs> 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 he's very funny. Well, I mean, I think that when you get married at first sight, you're kind of hoping for some sort of attraction. Obviously I was, and you know, he pulls out his fanny pack in these t-shirts like that are from the eighties. Like what you would wear in seventh grade. 
Duck's t shirts are normal. They're like baseball <laughs> shirts and like, you know, they. <laughs> yeah, that was my that was my only one. Yeah, I actually I loved. I not gonna lie, Doug. The first day we were married, he put on that blue Manasquan lifeguard sweatshirt to go to the courthouse. You still have it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he still has it, and like it made me feel so comfortable with him because I was like, oh, he's not trying to like impress me or like yeah. I don't know, be something. Like I was like, oh, he's just a like a normal guy. It was the first outfit I ever saw him in was a pair of jeans and a hoodie, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay, this guy's not like yeah. trying to. Yeah, but I mean, if he had pulled out a tie-dyed shirt with like a gorilla on it, yeah, I may have ran for the hills. <laughs> yeah, and if yeah, he, he sat he there and showed, got to come up to the twenty-first century. But I just think you know some of the things that he has come up with, you know, like the one-liners. I think they're kind of funny, but I don't think she's going to think they're funny. You know, I think I she's trying. Very just talking to him. She's I'm trying. Him talk, especially about, well, you got to see my room and my house. Right. I didn't want to make it into a gym, but it ended up being like a gym because I, I was asleep by then. so was her mom so for their brunch when he was meeting with Haley's mom he told her he'd already told her about his house with the sauna this guy was just going to say that it was repetitive but I think but he's got a good heart, you know. There might still be hope for them, but it's kind of my thumb is going from the middle positions, kind of going down because I don't see her. I don't know. I don't. I don't see her being able to communicate with him well. Yeah, I feel like she's going to have to keep her mind open because he is really into his 80s thing and being himself. And that doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It's just different. And so... Oh, no. I I think he's a really nice guy. You know, you don't think he's a nice guy? Yeah, she is. <laughs> so we're going to move on to, uh, what is it, Brianna at, no, and Vincent. Brianna yes. And Vincent. I like them a lot, I think. You know how uh, Married at First Sight, they're going to play the drama as the episodes progress. But I think they're a very cute couple. Yeah. I'm giving them a thumbs up. And I, I really, I think they're so cute. I really, really want them to succeed. Yeah, they seem. They really, really do. Well, so far, they seem like they have, I mean, they've had like zero issues. Like they, and his, uh, exactly. his grandma had a heart exactly. attack and is in the hospital and she's just a hundred percent giving him his space and then there for him when he needs it. And yeah, and you even heard that in his voice. She was so supportive. I thank you. And I think that they're very cute and I hope things progress on the upward slope, not on the downward slope. Same, same, same. And are we missing any other couple? Yes, we're missing Clara and we're missing yes. Ryan. Now, yes. I really like them too, but I think the religion might put a little damper between. That might be a thing between them. Yeah. I really, yeah, very strict parents. And not like me and Doug, right, Jamie? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> 
I just think that's going to be, you know, that might be a thorn in her side because she said, you know, she's got a lot of bad memories from being at that Bible college or whatever the heck she went to. And that kind of turned her off to religion, but it's very important to him. And so hopefully they can get it through. You know, there's Christians that marry Jewish people. There's Muslims that marry, you know, Christians. So, I mean, you know, if you love somebody, you work religion out. Yeah, but I feel like the thing that they have going against them is that they are complete strangers, so they don't love each other. And um, Exactly. But, I mean, I'm hoping that, first of all, I didn't realize until, like, this most recent episode, and I'm sure I probably just missed it, but I didn't realize both his parents are, like, pastors or ministers. Pastors, right. So that... And you see, they sat, and when breakfast came, they all held hands and prayed. Yeah. She was like, okay. Yeah. So they're very... I mean, it's one thing to be, like, serious Christians and or whatever your religion is, but it's another thing to be, like, you know, the leader of the church or the congregation. Well, on the other side of that, too, though, is that, you know, he's... He's going to have faith in the process. Go go back to Doug and Jim. When you got married, Barbara didn't talk too badly about that. It kind of like went by the side. But the minute you went to go uh, do something else that the people in the church do, what was the next thing? He was ordained. No, you were ordained, but... You went beyond marrying other people, you know. Oh, the and, baptism. And you did I think baptized so, Yeah, you did. And she was like, no, I'm really against that. <laughs> <laughs> but everything works out. And yeah. You know, everything worked out. And the yeah. dog and the baby that I did the baptism for, they're both doing great. They're alive and well. That's and blessed. It. That's it. <laughs> um, I'm really hoping for them. I think they're a very, very, very cute couple. I think he's got a great personality. I think she's got a really good personality. And I just think that that religion part will work itself out. I think so too. I would really like him to say to her, I love you at the end of the uh, six weeks or eight weeks, however long it is. That would be huge because he's never said I love you before. Exactly, exactly. Well, maybe like the couple from uh, last season, he could have uh, yeah. her name tattooed on his butt. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love Amelia and Bennett. <laughs> and speaking of that, Couples Cam was out. Did you guys get to see Couples Cam? Yes, we watched it. It was very cute. And it made me cry at the end when I picked up Miss Henley Girl. It was the last part of Couples Cam where, you know, I was in the delivery room with Henley and then when all of this COVID thing, you know, got through and we were able to hold the kids. Finally. Yeah, my little girl. I started crying again. (laughs) Of course you did. Yeah, she loves her Gaga and Pop-Pop. She can't wait to see you guys. And Bonnie... Bonnie, I have to tell you, you will not believe this. Hendrix popped his very first tooth. Get out of here. You had said he was a little fussy. Oh, my God. Last night. Last night. the bottom one? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Last night, he was so miserable. I told Doug this morning, I was like, he was up every two and a half to three hours. And like the only thing that would calm him was me nursing him. So I'm nursing him like like a newborn. And I knew he was, I was like, something is not right because he doesn't do that. Like he's not just waking up just because this is why I'm like, it's so hard for me to do the sleep it, like the cry it out method. Cause I'm like, if my baby's in pain, I'm going to comfort him. So, exactly. so yeah. Exactly. 
But he popped his first tooth. I'm sure the second one's going to come out soon. But now I'm like, how do I sleep train? Like, I feel like uh, like uh, he's teething. Like, I can't make him. Well, you know, uh, I'm sure you know the signs. Little red butt, runny nose, irritable. You know, if he doesn't have any of those signs, then, you know, then you could... No, no, he's a legit pain when he's got all those symptoms. But I'm saying if he has no symptoms and he's happy during the day, well, then, then maybe you can give it a shot. Sort of start sleep training, you know. Yeah. And he should be fine. But there's all those. I mean, and usually they pop a few teeth at a time. Right. So. Yeah. So he's on uh, high food now, too. Yeah, so he's on regular food now. Although yesterday, he we had swim lessons with them yesterday, and he was so fussy. Doug Doug took him in the water this time. So the first time I went in with him yesterday, Doug took him in the water, and he was crying and miserable the whole time, the entire time. And I like literally wanted to get him out. So by the time they finished, first of all, it's a half hour swim lesson, so it's not like you know that long. But by the time they get out, I take Hendrix to go change him and get him you know dried up and whatnot, and so that Doug can. Get himself dried off, and he had so much poop in his diaper, like in the swim diaper. So I was like, no wonder why he was crying. Like, first of all, the kid's teething. He's got a poopy diaper inside the water, and and we're all swimming in it. Yeah, and he's like being like plopped on the side of the pool with poop all over him, and no one knows because you wear two diapers, so it really contains it, which is very smart rule because otherwise there would have been poop all over that pool. But anyways. God. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing yes. your very honest thoughts. I appreciate that because I feel like you're not the only one that has, you know, the same thoughts. And people love you guys. Yeah, yeah they absolutely love hearing well, you know, from you. you don't want all of them to succeed. I mean, watching couples scam. Not really. A few new people on, which is nice to see. Yeah. You know, there's probably 12 or 13 couples now that have stayed married and, you know, I, which is really nice. So, yeah. Uh, I got to be honest, though, I don't ever really want any couple to not succeed, but there's been a few in the past. And for Paige and Chris, I feel like she deserves so much better. And I oh, she does. I hope she, does. she walks I out. Say, you know, I still call her Lala. You know, <laughs> that, that'll be my name for her. But I truly think she's, a, you know, she seems to be a very, very, very sweet, nice person. And um, I don't want to see anything. You know, that's almost like that couple last season where he was just downright rude to her. Yes. You know, she ended up divorcing him, you know, wanting a divorce even before the season ended, you know? I don't want to see that. You never want to see that. You don't want to see people humiliated like that. Yeah. Out of millions of people. I know. Honestly, though, in my opinion, is that he's the one who should be humiliated and, and she should be proud of herself for leaving him because she's standing up for, you yeah. know, her rights and like true love and just like women everywhere by leaving someone who is gaslighting and being miserable to her. Not just settling. Yeah. yeah. But I know you have to go. We are so excited to bring on our guests onto the podcast. So Yay. we'll let you guys go, but we'll have Doug and Bonnie back. For all you guys listening, we'll have them back again next week so that she can tell us all about how she feels about Lulu. Recap show. That's right. <laughs> we got to get Bonnie's opinion about Lulu and Lala every week. <laughs> all right. I love you, babe. All right. We love you. We'll talk to you later. Okay, so our guest today is a mama of two boys. She's an entrepreneur, life coach, former teacher, and former model. Her name is Nastasia, and she is the founder of a movement called Cancel Snapback Culture. 
I can get behind that. The movement calls to eliminate the pressure women feel to snap back to their pre-baby bodies and instead prioritize mental health. She also does so much to help support black mothers, which is so important. Nastasia is truly a powerhouse, and we are so happy to have her on to talk all about why saying things like bouncing back or snapping back are super dangerous terms for new mamas to hear. She also runs a blog called Moms Who Chill. It's momswhochill.com, and it strives to make mom life easier while giving mamas an honest community to turn to. Thank you so much for taking the time out to hop on Hot Marriage Cool Parents and chat with us. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Honestly, I'm just excited to chat all about your cancel snapback culture. I think this is such an important topic for postpartum women to hear. I would love for you to dive into how it all started and what made you create this movement. So um, my first child, his name is Zen. He's three years old now, almost four actually in May. And before I was pregnant with him, I was modeling full time in New York City. And I was just, you know, living that life, going wherever I had to go for modeling jobs, traveling around. And I became pregnant and I was so excited. But even when I found out I was pregnant, shortly after, I kind of realized that, oh, I have to snap back pretty quickly because I'm going to have to go back to work. So I was doing some maternity stuff towards the end, but I had hyperemesis, which is just a severe illness that's caused by pregnancy. So right. I was super, super excited. But I was also like, okay, at some point I'm going to have to snap back to my pre-baby body so I could go back to work. And so I didn't, of course, after <laughs> I had it. It just didn't happen that way. Um, had the stretch marks, I had the linea nigra, and I was just kind of like, you know, had the postpartum baby body, which I didn't expect because on social media, I had seen that, you know, girls just snap back, right? So they're one week postpartum, their stomachs are flat, they have no stretch marks. And so when I had my baby, I was kind of like expecting that to happen, but it didn't. And instead of embracing that, I did everything I could on Instagram to hide it and wear the one piece swimsuits, you know, figure out my angles that I looked like I had no belly fat or anything. And I realized that I was doing that, but I just felt like I had no choice because that's what everybody else was doing. But then when I had my second in November of 2019, I kind of realized just I had an epiphany one day that I was going to start falling into that same trap again, even though I wasn't modeling full time anymore. And then I realized, okay, somebody has to do something about this because the fact that I feel like this when I'm not even traditionally a person who's influenced by society in general my mom is always like, Nastasia is the one that just does her own thing. So I was kind of surprised that I was so influenced by everything else. But yeah, when I had my second, I kind of just realized I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to feel like something is wrong because I didn't snap back right away. And somebody should really just cancel snapback culture because I'm over it. And then I realized, oh, why don't I start that myself? <laughs> and make this initiative myself. Almost like a light bulb went off. How yeah. how much pressure was there for you as a model, especially being a professional model? And that's really how you make your money and how you make your living. Is that something that happens through modeling where it's almost like you, you may want to wait to have a baby? So for me, I never even considered, you know, not having a baby in the time that I wanted. I didn't feel any influence by the modeling industry to not have my kids. And the time that I had, I had my first baby at 24. 
you know, I felt like it would happen. It happened. And, you know, I was in a long-term relationship since I was 14 with my fiance and I was really excited. I can't say that I ever felt pressured directly by my agents or anybody to snap back, but I knew in the back of my mind that I had to, in order to work. So it was kind of a pressure that I knew was in the background, but nobody ever explicitly said to me, like, you have to do this. And they were very supportive when they found out that I was having a baby, but I knew kind of what the deal was, you know? But I genuinely love how you weren't, I don't know, like I feel like if I was a model, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm not even a model and I felt like I had to quote unquote bounce back. And I can't imagine if my income came from, you know, modeling clothing and whatnot, like the pressure that that must have caused you. I'm kind of curious, besides looks, what do you think is important to be confident about? Like, I'm sure there are, you know, personality traits that automatically make you feel more confident physically too. Okay. So before we get to that, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors and one that caused a little disagreement in the house because when I went into the shower, I used some shampoo and conditioner that I was not supposed to. Yeah. He's talking about my pros shampoo and conditioner that literally has my name on it. There is no one size fits all when it comes to shampoo conditioner. We need products that are suited for our unique needs and don't leave us disappointed. And that's why I absolutely have fallen in love with pro shampoo and conditioner. So essentially you can go to their site and they have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz. And that's exactly how I got started. I just took the quiz and then they have like an algorithm that has over 50 billion formula combinations. So they will literally create a shampoo and conditioner that is perfect for your hair type, you know, regardless if it's coarse, if it's curly, if it's straight. I mean, if you go to the store, you kind of just have to get like what you get. But with pros, you get to literally like break it down to literally everything that you need. The thing that I love about pros is that I have like fake blonde hair and it tends to get super brassy, super fast. And they even have that. They even have a purple conditioner and shampoo and the smell. Oh my God. Like it is, I absolutely love the smell of my hair. And honestly, anytime a brand is like, listen, if you're not hundred percent satisfied with my product, you will get a full refund. Then I'm like, okay, I, at least I feel safe to try it. And so that's what kind of like led me to be like, listen, I'm going to give this a shot. I gave it a shot. I didn't even ask for a refund. Never will. I absolutely love pros. It is so incredible. Highly recommend you checking them out. It's the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it because it's literally made just for you and they'll put your name on it. <laughs> so your kids can't take it on you. But anyways, I didn't notice it. Liar. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash hot marriage. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash hot marriage for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. And last but not least, native deodorant, which has always been a staple in our household. I am still wearing, they had like a peppermint for Christmas and it smells so good still. So I'm still using my peppermint native deodorant. I absolutely love this deodorant. If you've been a longtime listener, then you already know this. It is truly a company that loves your armpits. <laughs> they really do care about what you put on your armpits. That's why their deodorant ingredients are things like you've actually heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. And they also never test on animals. Almost everything is vegan. Switching to Native from an antiperspirant doesn't mean you'll have to worry about that midday BO either. Native will have you walking around smelling like coconut and vanilla or lavender and rose, citrus and herbal musk. I mean, they really do have amazing scents. They have over 10 that you can choose from, including their classics and 
and rotating seasonal. So you're guaranteed to find one that you love. I know it's hard to make that switch to an aluminum-free deodorant, wondering if it's going to actually be effective, but it truly works. I mean, it has over 16,000 five-star reviews. So yeah, if you want to make the switch to Native today, go to nativedeo.com slash HMCP or use the promo code HMCP at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash HMCP or use the promo code HMCP at checkout for 20% off your first order. And if you haven't given it a shot yet, I highly recommend you do. It's really an amazing deodorant. I promise. Let's get back to Nastasia. So I'm actually, that's so funny that you say that because I actually made a whole video on that about, you know, things that you should be confident on other than your looks because I pride myself in that. I realized that our bodies can change and our faces can change. Anything can happen. So I try to base my confidence in other aspects of myself. So what I would say is, you know, how you are with your family and friends, what kind of person you are, what kind of mother you are, you know, your values, honesty, being an honest person. Those are things that my traits and my values are what I feel the most confidence from, because I know that my lips can change at any time. And they have many times over the years, even something so simple as, you know, me having blue hair and like much shorter than when I was, you know, 19 people sometimes associate me with the giant hair rather than any characteristics about me you know right so I try to differentiate myself in the way that it's like you are okay and more than okay to not really base your confidence in your looks rather than your values and your attributes and you know at the time where the cancel snapback culture sort of came to fruition did you have a support group? Because not everybody can all of a sudden make the leap to just have that confidence. And I don't want to say you hit rock bottom because it's not really a rock bottom, but did you have friends that were supportive? Did you look at any websites or blogs or I guess what led you to finally kind of free yourself? So honestly, I will say that it was a light bulb that was inspired by the women in my life because my grandmother passed away. My company, you know, the Cancel Snapback Culture brand that's going to be launching on January 27th, it actually is dedicated to my grandmother because my grandmother was like a ferocious, like always, you know, the most selfless person I've ever met. And she was actually still alive when I was in the midst of launching this. And I had told her what I was doing. And, you know, she's like, you know, you always do what you actually believe in and what you really you know, have in your heart. So just do that. And it's really the women in my life, in my direct circle, because I didn't have a bunch of mom friends before this. Most of the women in my life weren't mothers yet. Um, and some of them are now. And now that I have the moms who chill blog, I feel like I have a source of inspiration and community because, you know, you can only go so far with like the Instagram, oh, I'm posting this and I'm posting, popping up and then leaving. But now that I have the blog, it's more of like a small community of women that I can talk to. And now I consider my friends, some of them I've met in person with mask on, of course. And, <laughs> you know, I draw inspiration from women it, just in general, because I've always said that women are my people. Like, that's no offense because, you know, you're a guy. And also, <laughs> no also I have two sons, two male dogs, brothers, you know, a fiance. So I have a lot of testosterone in my life, but I've always drawn inspiration from women and their struggles and the things that they go through. I love that. And I love that you've taken these struggles and you're really creating such a movement. Uh, I want to hear more about what you're launching. You said you're launching something soon? 
Yes. Um, so the cancel snapback culture t-shirts, they started out with the t-shirts. I started them out and I launched them on my old site. So thread connection and I launched them there. They're still on there, but I'm going to be pausing thread connection in order to focus on cancel snapback culture. So I had a thrift store that I launched, you know, I would say in 2014 and I just used the cancel snapback culture. I mean, the thread connection site as a host for the cancel snapback culture cheese when I started making them. Uh-huh. And then I moved on to sweatshirts and then, you know, hundreds of women later, um, mm-hmm. having them, you know, posting them, I figured that it should have a home for itself uh-huh. and have a space for not only just body positivity, but a place where we can celebrate canceling society's expectations of women and mothers in general. And so the whole brand is going to be dedicated to that. So it's called Cancel Snapback Culture and it's going to be launching January 27th. And I'm so excited. That's very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Yeah, but it's certainly going to pay off. And, you know, I can't speak for women. I never would try to, but I know there's so many people that this is going to help. And, you know, being in the media and celebrities, do you feel like society, especially the media and celebrities, are getting better at showing the realities of snapping back? Oh, my gosh, yes. So I have to say this because when I found out that I was going to be doing this with you guys, I was just so excited because Jamie is like the catalyst in so many areas of this. So I can't even believe that I'm here right now because I had this in my mind and my little, you know, mental vision board. <laughs> wow. Way to make just, things happen, girl. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just, so women like Jamie, and then there's a whole bunch of other, you know, Instagrammers that are trying to get this done. But I also do know that there are a lot of women that still aren't comfortable and aren't in their own powering in terms of their postpartum bodies. And I feel like definitely there's this push towards showing your real postpartum body, you know, even so far as to say like hours postpartum, I've seen some still in their mesh underwear and their pads and their, <laughs> you know, like things coming out of their bodies from left and right, mm-hmm. leaking milk boobs, like everywhere. <laughs> and I'm so excited about that because that is what is going to push everybody forward. That honesty, like that raw honesty, that's like, okay, this is what it actually looks like. So for, you know, girls like me who didn't have any women around my age or friends that were having babies around that time to see that this is actually what could happen to you. Even so far as to say, you know, for me, breastfeeding was a real challenge and it messed with me mentally a lot. And I didn't know that that was possible, you know? So because of the women that I now have conversations with to see, you know, this can be challenging for you as well. That is what pushes everything forward when people are honest. So nobody's left to be like, oh, I didn't even realize this was possible. Just like me with hyperemesis, didn't even know it was possible to lose 10% of my body weight, be getting IV fluids in the hospital all the time and not even be able to keep down water. Um, So if I had heard about that before, I would have been like, okay, there's a community for this and there's people who have already gone through this. So I didn't feel so alone. Yeah. Is there any chance that you can make a guy sweatshirt that says guys that support cancel snapback culture? Oh my God, I would love that. You should totally yes. do that. And then Doug should wear it. And I, and every woman is going to buy it for their husband or for their partner. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for the I men in their lives. That. You know what's funny is that we actually have men that are a part of the movement already and they wear the cancel snapback culture um, shirts, but I never even really considered you know, doing it that way. That would be actually pretty cool. That would be really cool. When you do that, I'm going to have Doug wear it and I'm going to wear your original and then we're going to share it for you. (laughs) 
you that much. would be so cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, on a very serious note, I genuinely like your words are music to my ears. And also thank you so much for saying, you know, such nice things about me. I really appreciate it. I honestly just struggled myself postpartum with Henley, with my daughter. And right. I felt like I needed to lose weight immediately. I needed to snap back just kind of the same thing as you, not necessarily because I was making a living off of it, but just because that's what society seems to like tell us is that, you know, yeah. like we see, I guess, like different actresses have their baby and some women and, you know, there should be no stigma to snapping back. If that's what your body does and you lose Absolutely. that baby pouch immediately, God bless you. And God bless you if you don't. But like, I feel like the only norm that was put out there was just losing it immediately and going back to work and doing all the things. And here I was like, I still had the pouch. I like felt like I, my boobs were on fire, you know, like my vagina was on fire, like secretions yeah. everywhere. And I was like, this is postpartum. And obviously I'm a labor and delivery nurse, so I've seen it, but I just didn't realize the extent of it, like two weeks out, a month out, I still was having all these other issues that no one was really talking about. So I felt like, was I doing something wrong? Like, um, yeah. and so then I started to just, well, you know, me, I'm like, I share everything anyways on Instagram. And I felt so fortunate that I had a community of women there who were like, yep, nope, this is normal. Like, yep, that happened to me too. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Like no one talks about these things. It's not okay. We shouldn't be like ostracized or feel like we're like monstrous because our bodies are just being human, you know? And, and yeah. So I actually kind of made a mission to find people who were a bit more honest about their journey and, you know, sharing if they didn't snap back. And so I'm so happy that like we have stumbled upon you because I love that you're doing it. You're like making that your mission and it's really, really helpful to others. So thank you. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm like, that makes me so happy. Some part of me feels guilt that I kind of, you know, agreed with the whole, oh, I'm going to snap back and like expected that of myself. But, you know, the only way to kind of make up for that is to be authentic now in this moment and, you know, with going forward in yeah. terms of, you know, what actually happens with my body. And, you know, I think a lot of that shift, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but I was teaching when I had my second baby. So I think the shift in perspective also stemmed from the shift in career. So I wasn't you know, going out to photo shoots and I was doing all that. I was teaching, I was being with my kids, I was, you know, hanging out with um, my students and doing things for them, running a girls group. And I think that also helped me see the light in a way as well. That's amazing. Yeah. I think that that definitely would help, you know, to just have yeah. a shift in past, but also I think just like experience and wisdom and growth and just in life. Like for me, nothing really changed much for me, but I think just like, I guess like, wisdom. You know, I just became a little bit wiser, I guess. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask you a few different things for our listeners that could kind of like help them. So like a lot of times I get the question of like, how do you become so confident and how did you learn to embrace your curves? You know, what helped you to just realize that you can wear whatever the heck you want and feel comfortable in it, regardless of what like society calls quote unquote beautiful. And I'm curious if you have any good like tips for these women and, and men who just want to learn how to love themselves, you know, as they are right here, right now. So honestly, I have a 
the Moms Who Chill Club. So it's a club for like a group of women that I work with like one-on-one. What we actually do is self-care challenges. We do things like they have to write a value list in terms of the things that they value and the things that they love about themselves that have nothing to do with looks. So what I would advise you to do in terms of, you know, finding your confidence and finding your space is to literally write down those things that you love about yourself that cause you to feel confidence that don't have anything to do with looks. So you are, if you find yourself writing something that has to do with looks, I would just, you know, cross it out, make a new list and really list those things, those values, those attributes, those talents, those skills that you have, all these amazing things that make up who you are that aren't necessarily based on your looks and focus on doing that. Also, our primary focus is not to feel like, oh, I'll be confident when I lose these 10 pounds. I'll be confident when, when I'm, you know, 20 pounds lighter and focus on instead figuring out how to be confident in the now and confidence. A lot of times is based solely on, you know, your looks for some women and that is damaging and that's a damaging part of culture. So really developing those parts of yourself that you think will cause you confidence and then, you know, cause you to be more confident rather than the look aspect of it is really important. So writing those things down, those values, those attributes, talents and skills and consistently looking at them, consistently growing. There's an exercise that you don't look in the mirror for a full three days. And I haven't tried it yet, but I heard about it. And you don't look in the mirror for a full three days. And apparently it's supposed to reset your perspective of yourself. I want to kind of try it, but I'm going to be having some of my girls try it as well. Yeah, that sounds amazing, actually. I mean, I kind of would love that. And I'll just roll out of the house and whatever the heck I want and be, and be like, hey, here I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might get some judgment like, huh, I don't know, but also being comfortable with that judgment is super crucial. It's almost like we have a tea coming out that says immune to your judgment. And it's really about being immune to the judgments that that are placed on you all the time. And it's so powerful because I can honestly say this. I don't, years ago, I could never say this, but there's nothing that a stranger could tell me about myself that would limit my confidence because they don't know anything about me seeing me surface level. They have no idea who I am as a person. And since that's where my confidence comes from, it doesn't mean anything to me if they have something to say about my looks, you oh, know, I want to like put that on a post-it and pop it on the mirror and look at that every day. Cause that's so good because it's so true. Like you can't let, first of all, I kind of want to dissect all of that because I think that a lot of times when someone reaches out to me, you know, they just can't figure out the first step to becoming body positive and becoming confident in their own skin. And I feel like the first step is to not care what other people think, because a lot of times the reason you're not confident is because you're worried what someone else thinks yeah. about you. And nine times out of 10, like it's not your husband or your spouse because they love you as you are. And it's not your kids. They think you're superwoman. It's like the people you don't know on the sidewalk and the people who see you when you're at the grocery store or maybe on social media or wherever. And it's like, but what do those people really mean to you at the end of the day, you know, and how much do they really know you if they are judging you? And so the fact that you just said, like, don't get your confidence from strangers, essentially, is so, so important. And I feel like it's kind of easier said than done, you know, because we're like almost groomed to grow up to please others, especially as women, and and not only just please them with our perfect little manners and leg crossing skills, but like our... uh, 
ability to just beautify ourselves to their standards. So like get skinnier, no acne, no, you know, body hair and things like that. I wanted to ask you if someone is listening to this right now and they're like, what is the first thing that I can do that will help me walk out into that world and not worry about what a stranger thinks of me in whatever outfit I'm choosing to wear? What would you say that is? Like, what could they do? So there is also something called exposure. So you have to expose yourself to you in your most natural, most pure form. And even if you're not, you know, doing what I do and you're just posting your stomach on, you know, Instagram, you don't have to go that that far (laughs) extent. But what you can do is you can look at yourself for, you know, an extended period of time, you know, throughout the course of days, try to, if you realize that you're, you know, covering yourself up with the makeup and all these things, as a means to really hide who you are, I would advise stripping back things slowly, stripping things back as much as you can until the point where you've exposed yourself to who you are, who you feel like you are in your natural state. And if that natural state is you with 10 pounds of makeup on, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. But it's really about getting to know yourself in a way that's more concrete and more like you in your raw form. Because when I wore makeup all the time, I wore makeup like pounds of makeup, honestly, because I was modeling. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, I saw myself as like a vessel for everybody else to just put things on me. You know what I mean? Right, right. And that's not who I am at all, you know? And trying to figure out a way to expose yourself to the raw, natural you as much as you can. Um, I had actually a one girl in the club that she literally took photos of herself, no makeup on, just in like a nude pair of underwear, took photos of herself and looked at them every single day for a month. And she said that the more she saw them, the more she really appreciated what she actually looked like. And I thought that was really smart because I hadn't thought of it. She just did it on her own. So I would advise trying something like that. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I wanted to ask you, so I know that there's like probably, you know, it's not all black and white, but there's probably the majority of listeners are one of two things. They're either the person who does like cover up their quote unquote flaws with baggy clothes and makeup, or they might be the person who you know, doesn't ever wear makeup and literally never does their hair and doesn't even know how to work a curling iron and still just doesn't (laughs) feel beautiful in the skin that she's in. So do you have any, I mean, I'm, first of all, I'm loving all your tips. So I keep asking you for more and more because I feel like they're so great. Um, but do you have any tips for her? Because maybe like she's used to seeing her face blank, empty with no cover up foundation, no blush, no mascara. And the makeup feels foreign to her and she doesn't feel beautiful with the makeup, but she doesn't feel beautiful without it. Any tips for her to feel beautiful? I would, you know, it's strange because we have so much in our culture that influences us that it's hard to even get to the root of our lack of confidence at sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to figure out why we don't feel the way that we feel like we should feel about ourselves and developing yourself in, you know, so many other ways can really enhance your confidence, as I said. So if she's still, she's in whatever state she's in, she doesn't feel confident. If you literally cannot get the confidence that you're feeling, you know, that you feel like you should feel through just looking at yourself in your natural state, exposing yourself to your values and your core and your traits, then there's also an exercise where you could literally choose one person in your life. So for you, I would imagine that would be your husband. (laughs) You choose one person in your life that sees you the way that you feel you should see yourself. And what that does 
is you sit down with that person, you know, you go through their lens and you try to see yourself through their eyes. Um, I had one girl, actually it was yesterday, she sat down with her husband and tried to ask him a series of questions about what he felt about her, what makes him love her, what makes him feel like she's beautiful, right? And although you don't want to draw your confidence from anybody, you know, sometimes it's really hard to draw on ourselves. So seeing yourself through the eyes of the person that loves you the most can be really helpful eventually continuous exposure to that and you ask them to be your ally in that and you want to bring your confidence up you want to see yourself the way that they see you and you continuously ask them for you know hints and tips on like what they feel about you in that moment because there's sometimes where I'm like oh my god I cannot do this this is so difficult and my fiance is like uh no you can because you did that before yeah and there's that if it's your mom it's your best friend it's whoever it is Try to use that as an exercise if you really can't find it for yourself. And that's okay if you can't find it for yourself, but you will eventually. Okay. I absolutely love that. And there's just one more thing that I wanted to add for those of you guys listening is I just would think about like so many times that there are moms and dads and aunts and uncles and just family members who definitely, you know, you're at like Thanksgiving dinner and they're like, are you going to eat that? Or, oh, gained a little weight or whatever the case may be. So those are the people you don't want to ask how they see you. And as a matter of fact, yeah, right. But I love this because nine times out of 10, I mean, you could ask your kid like just don't put pressure on your kid, of course. But if you were to say, oh, what do you think of when you think of mommy? And then just see what they say and then write that down and then go there. Or like you said, you could ask your husband or whoever it is who truly loves you for you, what they see. Like I absolutely love that advice. And then also like to take it one step further is, you know, you might be sitting here right now listening to this, thinking of a couple people who make you feel terrible, you know, and it might be someone who's really, really close to you. Like, your aunt or your mom or, you know, because I think a lot of times people are closest to you tell you how they really feel about things without filtering themselves. And I know a lot of times, you know, if you haven't lost the baby weight or you've quote unquote, let yourself go, they'll be the first to tell you that. Maybe confront them and say, that's not helping me feel confident. And, you know, it doesn't make me feel loved. And I would appreciate if you could please stop saying that to me because it's not helping me lose the Bobby weight or, you know, quote unquote, get myself back together again, you know? So, um, just because I know that there are so many women who struggle with that in men too. And also the last thing I would say, if you're listening to this is maybe like unfollow people on Instagram who, you know, like make you feel less than, and even if they're not doing it on purpose, it's not, you know, you don't hate them. doesn't mean you don't like them. You can still love them from afar, but you just don't need them showing up on your feed daily, you know, in their bathing suit with their pristine body that's curved in all sorts of areas and probably airbrushed or something for that matter. And maybe try to find the accounts like Nastasia's or there are a ton of body positive accounts actually now on social media that you could follow. And just to have like that boost of self-confidence or self-esteem kind of like bopping into your inbox, showing you that like, it's okay if you're not a size zero on a beach in a bathing suit with like hair extensions in your hair. It's okay if you are. I think that that's beautiful as well. But if that image makes you feel less than, then you don't have to follow it. You know what I mean? It's kind of, I don't know, kind of some other thoughts I want to throw out there. I'm honestly, I'm the main person to unfollow people. Yeah. (laughs) 
am uh, the unfollow queen. I unfollow them only if I feel like they're... I've actually unfollowed somebody because I saw that they were being really disrespectful to somebody for no reason in their comments. So it's just really the energy that you want to have in your life. And honestly, I know that sometimes you can even have friends that you don't feel comfortable unfollowing, even though they don't make you feel that good about yourself. And that's what the mute button is for. Yes. Really. I was literally going to say that. So there is a way, and this might come as a surprise to some people who aren't as familiar with social media, but if you go into your settings, you can actually restrict accounts. You can, of course, block accounts. You can mute accounts, hide accounts. Like I've actually done this with someone who just kind of fed toxic energy into my life, but I absolutely have to continue to follow her. I mean, I can't unfollow her because then that would just cause a war. And so I just like muted her out of my life because it was just too much toxic energy energy. And yeah, it really does. It, it, you know, makes a world of difference. Yeah. There's actually, if you think about it, pretend you're in a bubble and there's a filter around you. You have to create your own filter around you, right? You have to create this layer between you and everything else. And you decide what gets in and what doesn't. And there's so many things that you have no choice. You know, you got pop-ups in your phone, try to limit those if you can, because I had a point where I was doing a no news thing because I was just feeling a lot of negative energy just out in the world and in like my space. And I just blocked all pop-ups that were showing me the news. Like I muted all the major media news outlets because a lot of the time there's things, you know, popping up like, well, this celebrity is wearing this and this. (laughs) I don't care about that. Oh my God. I couldn't care less. Right. So you have to limit the things that you also just don't care about and don't feel like you have to care about those things because really what, you know, is most important is the things that you want in your life. We only have one, right? We only have one life. The main thing that you can do is to filter what comes to you. And it's, you know, a lot of people say you have to have a tough skin in this world. (laughs) Yeah, you do have to have a tough skin in this world. And I can tell you that I'm a tough cookie. I can tell you that much, but what I also realized is that a part of being a tough person is realizing what feeds my life and nourishes my life and what does not. And a lot of the things that don't nourish my life, I don't even let get within six feet of me. (laughs) And I I think what's important to remember is the things that you're doing, they're choices that you can make. You know, it's like these little incremental changes have such a lasting impact on everybody. So if you are looking to be more body positive, if you're looking to feel better about yourself, these are like little steps that you can take. And and I know you can't expect anything to happen overnight. And I'm sure it didn't happen overnight for you, Nastasia. So I wanted to see, was there in the beginning, especially, was there sort of a mantra? Was there something that you did every day when you woke up to get ready for the day? And what changes were made from what you were in the past? And then when you had this cancel snapback culture type mindset? You know, the thing is that for me, the biggest change, the biggest change for me that I've made in my life is how I view other women. Um, I realized that over the course of my life, you know, when I was young, even when I was high school, I had a lot of issues with being picked on and bullied in high school, you know, people taking my clothes out of the locker room. And because of that, I had built up this wall, like it's me against them, right? Mm-hmm. It's me, I'm, you know, I'm sitting at the lunch table with two other people and, you know, they don't like me. So now I feel like nobody's going to like me. So I'm going to just do my own thing, right? Mm-hmm. And when I moved into the house with 13 other girls, when I was on America's Next Top Model, I realized that I was a little bit apprehensive towards other women. 
And that being around them and exposed to a lot of women was a great formative experience for me as a 19 year old or 18, 19 year old, because I realized like how much value other women can bring to my life and how amazing it is to just be around all these different personalities and just really get to soak that in. So for me, what I do now is I make it a mission always to connect other women and to make sure that what I'm doing is feeding other women. And I always question myself, like every day I do this, I question myself, does what I'm saying have the ability to help this woman or harm this woman? Hmm. Um, even if it's like you're being honest and it's a long-term help, that still matters, you know? Sure. And I think that's, I mean, clearly evident. If you go to her website, momswhochill.com, I mean, right on the bottom, she is so she's just so accessible and it is a culture. It's, you know, a movement. And I mean, you have a page where people can go and you ask them, reach out to me if you need help, reach out to me if you want to talk about a certain topic or if you want to discuss something. And I mean, that's just, it's clearly evident that you're available and that you're passionate about this. Yeah. My DMs are literally always open. And I think that people always are surprised when I answer them because they know I'm a mom and I have a business, but I answer my DMs every single day because people are coming to me with real things, like real things that they are worried about. Um, a girl asked me, you know, where I get, she actually sent me a message and said, where do I get my confidence from? And I said, I base my confidence, like what I'm telling you guys, I base my confidence on my other values other than my looks because I realized that I'm more than that. And because I have all these women that I talk to, it really feeds my life in such an amazing way. And it doesn't just help them being able to have somebody talk to. It really helps me being exposed to all these women. I feel like my life is way richer for it. Oh, I can imagine. Like I can 100% back that up. Like when you kind of are involved in a community, whether or not you're the leader or you're a participant, you really do. Your life becomes so much richer because you have like this like little army, like this little team who are there for you and they're like-minded. Like they have a similar mindset as you and your eyes are on the same mission. And I kind of discovered this first when, you know, when I lost our son, Jonathan, but now here with, you know, body positivity movement, like I'm discovering it again. And I, I, I love it. It's so nice to be able to know that you don't have to walk through the struggles of life alone, whether it be, you know, your body image and confidence, or maybe you saw for the loss or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, this life, like we are not the only ones living it. And there are so many other people who are there and also kind of want you to be there for them. So it's like a symbiotic relationship. I totally hear you when you say that. I mean, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out, A, to be on the podcast, but also for all the time and energy that you've put into the whole movement that you've created, canceling snapback culture. You know, before I let you go, I kind of like selfishly want to ask you a little bit more about America's Next Top Model because (laughs) I think it's so cool that you are on. And um, I can't imagine, you know, I obviously was on The Bachelor and of course Doug and I were married at first sight, but I can't imagine being on a reality TV show where your like image really is everything. And I can't imagine, like what was it like to be on America's Next Top Model? So, you know, what's so weird is that I had three dreams as a young person because I wanted to be a model because I started modeling when I was a kid and then I stopped. Uh, But I had three dreams. It was to be on America's Next Top Model, uh, Project Runway, and to walk in a fashion show in Madison Square Garden if that ever existed or happened. And (laughs) all three happened because I believe it's God. Some people believe it's manifestation. And um, in terms of America's Next Top Model, it was very different than what I thought it would be, but it was similar in a lot of ways. And I, when I um, was starting, there was no way in hell I thought that I would get to where I got 
no way there right. it was literally not even a consideration for me that I would get to you know the point that I got and I don't even want to say the point that I got because some people are just watching it now since it's just airing but in terms of that the experience was crazy because a it was the first time I ever left the country in my life and b it was the first time that I had ever been surrounded by 13 women and then I got to meet Tyra which is like hello come on yeah right (laughs) all these different people and influences and you know meeting all these celebrities and being out at these different things it opened me up to an experience because I realized what was possible in the world I was just going to college you know in the Poconos in Pennsylvania and um you know I'm originally from New York City but I moved there when I was like 11 12 and i was just going to college living my normal life and i think the experience was just strange because it made me realize that there's so much more to life than wherever you currently are yeah and you can do exciting things and not even like you know have to change who you are yeah absolutely real fast what was tyra like in real life so is really cool but we didn't send because of the production we didn't get to see her as much as we would like because of you know she's tyra and also she has other things to do <laughs> while she's there <laughs> but it was crazy because she looks better in person than she even does you know on like tv or in magazines it's like the weirdest thing and she also is very the personality that i got from her even though we didn't get to see her all the time was very similar to what you guys see um, and I wish, I always had wished that I would have been able to really, really like sit down and have conversations about her life and like who she really is as a person rather than, you know, the modeling industry. But it was crazy, man. I'm telling you, I didn't, couldn't even believe when I was looking at her, I felt like I was looking at like just a person that wasn't actually there. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be something, right? Um, I'm like, this is surreal. Is she actually here right now? Or am I <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, Nastasia, it was so, so nice to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out. I know, you know, anybody who has kids gets it. It's hard when you have kids. I really do. I love what you're doing. I couldn't be more excited. If anybody listening wants to be able to find you and follow you, where can I send them to? Oh, so Nastasia Scott, my name is a little tricky, but Nastasia Scott with no dashes or anything. Um, Moms who chill with three L's and um, cancel snapback culture brand. For those of you guys listening, I'll definitely have those in the show notes too. So if you're, you don't have a pen and paper and you're not, you can't like remember it, I will bop that in the show notes. so You can find it easily and just, it'll be a clickable link. You can just directly find her. Tag me because literally the, I would say the first 12 posts that I saw of cancel snapback culture, I literally cried for 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I was so excited. That's awesome. Well, you're doing so good. You're doing so great for so many women. And I will thank you for myself for you showing up because it really means an awful lot for me personally. So thank you. Thank you. I'm so unbelievably proud of my wife. And it's really amazing the people that come up and and see us. I mean, it happened just the other day where a girl came up and just started crying because of what she had posted about when we lost our son, Jonathan. It's like you, you do, you create this community and it's just so nice to know that there's people out there that you are affecting, especially when it comes back and it's something that you had started. So just wanted to say congratulations and thank you. And I really look forward to the dads who support cancel snapback culture line absolutely <laughs> and, uh, by the way i am so sorry for your loss and i know that you're helping so many people you know by sharing it i know you are oh thank you you're you're so kind i really appreciate that yeah i think that like you said earlier in, in uh, like during our conversation like 
these people are also helping me because it's, it really is that community and we both have it. (laughs) And so, um, but yeah, thank you again. I really, really appreciate it. And I will be for sure in touch with you. I cannot wait to see all the remarkable things that you're doing. And yes, let us know when you got that lineup because Doug and I are going to take a picture with, with your (laughs) t-shirts. Thank you so much guys. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. 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 Well, 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 we had America's Next Top Model on our podcast. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It's very rare because as guys, you look at these models and the people that are in magazines and you almost feel like they're not human, you know, in a way you feel like they're just not attainable and some people can just tune it out. All these people aren't real. These people have a lot of airbrushing or, or what have you. And it's refreshing to see someone that makes money off of her looks and has started a movement to help other women. And I really commend that. I do too. I feel like following people like her to just have that like daily dose of positive energy coming from just exactly the way she is. You know, there's no airbrushing, there's no filtering. And she also even just, you know, comes a bit more raw and bare than some. And you certainly don't have to be like that, but it's just nice to have that bop into your inbox occasionally. Yeah. Well, I'm so pumped because next week we have another amazing guest on. But until then, if you want to, you can check out my Instagram page at Jamie and Otis. And I also have an Instagram page I made exclusively for Becoming Body Positive. It's at Become Body Positive, and that's going to be the course name as well. So I'll have the links to all of these things below in the show notes. And thank you so much for showing up here and being with us today. I love you. We love you. Wear a mask. And if you have kiddos, check out Hanging with the Hainer Kids on YouTube. Yeah, Doug is creating this amazing, fun family page. Created. Created. I should say, yes, it's out in the world now, which is super, super exciting. (laughs) And the other thing I wanted to say, one more news update, is that Married at First Sight Couples Cam comes back on February 4th. It's on Lifetime, so you'll see us there. But also, we are recapping every single episode of Married at First Sight every single week. So if you're here for that, welcome. We are pumped to talk all about this season of Married at First Sight. Can't wait. Wear a mask. And if you haven't heard it from anybody else today, then I just want you to hear it from me. You are enough. You are beautiful just as you are, and you are loved. Thank you.